0: What have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thetis Podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Wren.
1: And I am Jessica.
0: Welcome back to the show. Today we're we'll gonna be we're gonna be doing a lot of questions today. A lot of weird questions. Questions that the rulebook is not very good at answering, and that's precisely the point why we're trying to answer them.
1: There is no such thing as a rulebook that can cover every scenario, so we're going to try and cover some of the ones that get a little bit sticky.
0: That's correct. Um, Let's see, we got no news this week in Thedas. Uh, At least not yet. We're keeping our ears to the ground. Um, Well, we will point out, it's not necessarily Dragon Age news, but Green Ronin um, did post its uh new year resolution and i think i think we touched on it last episode a bit about how there's no news for dragon age just yet yeah,
1: because the licensing takes mm-hmm. it takes so long
0: stuff takes time so we should be hopefully hearing something uh in maybe june or july but we'll keep you guys posted
1: mm-hmm.
0: should be fun all right and uh codexes are fun so why don't we open our books uh, let see why don't we uh, go ahead and consult that codex
1: Sounds good.
0: You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but... Oh, good. Thank you. I'm going to regret this, aren't I? Welcome to the Codex. We've got a couple of questions. we got only got a couple of questions today um, because we've, we're reserving a lot of those questions for the main topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first one comes from our habitual question asker, Parcival. On the mm-hmm. Green Ronin forums, thank you again, Parcival. Not sure what we would do
1: if you didn't uh, put one in every every yeah. couple weeks.
0: At okay. least, like, a fourth of our content tends to come from Parcival, it feels.
1: Yeah, I mean, no problem with that. Yeah, Keep no. sending us questions.
0: Thank you, Parcival, we appreciate it. So, Parcival, your question, and I uh, do quote it uh, mostly in full. Um, I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on the level at which you think warriors should be free to gain access to heavy male armor. I suppose the question of appropriate loot and treasures tie into this, but a GM can always limit access to armor if they wish, even if the PCs have the cash. Do heavy mail and does heavy mail have the potential to unbalance combat encounters early on in your experience? I realize that one answer could be whatever works for you, and that I mean one, that's that, the yes. big,
1: obvious, overarching <laughs> one. Yeah.
0: Yes, but I'd like to hear the definitive opinion of your group. What is the ideal, <coughs> le- least disruptive level to get heavy mail?
1: Um, this is a good question. Yes, it is. It's one that I work a little bit less with as I am the mage in the party, so... Correct. All of my armor comes from me turning my face into rocks.
0: It's true. Which is not the same. Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, what do you think?
0: Um, I think uh, one of my original thoughts was the, about this was the fact that warriors get armor training, novice degree, at first level, which means that they can equip male armor at the very beginning of the game. So, it is completely reasonable that players would be very eager to get their hands on heavier suits of armor to get better protection, and that should be fine. Because that's one of the main reasons you become a warrior. You can soak up a lot of damage. Uh, So, you shouldn't keep it from them, and I'm sure you won't. But, as a GM, you do have complete control over whether heavier armor is available for sale, how much it costs, how much money the PCs are getting... So, as the GM, you do you can watch very carefully how quickly the PCs get access to better armors. Mm-hmm. The warrior PCs already end uh, already start with heavy uh, heavy leather armor, and um, so if you want to limit what access PCs have to heavier armor, you can tweak things in the story or the setting uh, so that maybe the shops aren't selling them right now, or maybe the PCs mm-hmm. aren't getting enough money for them. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe there's a blight on, and all the light mail armor has been bought up by this point. And they need to make more. <laughs> Who <laughs> knows? A on. Weird. Gotta work within
1: the constraints. <laughs> but um, I think that that's uh, those are good points. I would say also that uh, fairly early on, there's a f- there's a certain amount of uh, similarity between capabilities and power levels of all three classes. Mm-hmm. And that tends to stretch a bit as the levels increase. Yes. Along with the fact that having a very high armor rating in low levels could very easily be game-breaking. It could be. Like, our our uh, warrior right now has an armor rating of 12, and if she had had that at level 1, <laughs> nothing would have happened. Right. It would have just steamrollered everything.
0: She would have just kind of gently pushed into every encounter, mm-hmm. pushing them into the walls until she got to bumble them.
1: Exactly. But uh, at this level, you know, as the levels progress, that becomes a bigger part of why you want to play a warrior. Yes. Because rogues can do as much and even more damage than a warrior does. Warriors are not necessarily the best damage output. Mm -hmm. They can take a hit. That is a big part of it.
0: Yes. Warriors are very good at taking the hits. And at early levels, especially if you're doing, like, two-handed weapons, you can get some pretty sweet damage output. Mm -hmm. Um, But later on... Rogues Rogues are probably
1: going to outstrip you there.
0: Rogues, uh, Later on, rogues start getting more options to outstrip you. Um,
1: But they're never going to be able to take a hit like a warrior in heavy Correct. So um, So it's like a balance between not... uh, You don't want to take away from them the sort of big boon that comes... One of the big major parts of being their class. Mm -hmm. But you also don't want them to literally just, you know, whistle and walk through your uh, worst combats.
0: Yes, you don't. So, um, I mean, I guess unless you do, in which case, whatever works for you,
1: go for it. I mean, (laughs) sure.
0: Um, But possible suggestion from us here on the podcast: uh, level three is probably a good time to wait for the warriors to get light mail, because that I believe is about five armor rating, which is pretty sweet. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And about level five is a solid time to get heavy mail, which is which Mm -hmm. jumps up to a seven armor rating. This is us assuming.
1: Sorry, this is us assuming. Uh, average gold distribution, yeah. average difficulty level, mm-hmm. standard party size, yeah, yeah. all the all that good stuff. Maybe there,
0: even a slightly smaller gold distribution. Yeah. Maybe. But then that's the kind of campaign I ran at least.
1: Yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of gold for a while.
0: It's true. You guys didn't really need it. You seem to be having fun without it.
1: Yeah. I mean Italian it. would disagree.
0: <laughs> I mean, yes, the rogue would certainly disagree. Um, but there is a, uh, um, a consideration that I would put up for that is that if the PC, especially like really early on, or even like level three or five decided to take the journeyman degree of armor training, they journeyman of armor, uh, journeyman degree of armor training grants them access to plate armors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may want to get some access to plate armors because they put the uh, time in to get the talent. That is um, a good point. So, um, level 7 could be a good time to get Light Plate if you want to continue on the track we're going, but it's also quite likely that by that point they might have saved up enough money to get Heavy Plate.
1: Yeah. I'd say that things change a lot if you've got a, a person who really wants their character to be focused around armor. Yes. That's when you want to start pushing some of these numbers forward. hmm Because if they're going to take that journeyman degree of armor training, they should mm-hmm. be getting the benefit of it. Yes. And they should be getting it as soon as possible.
0: It shouldn't completely destroy balance if arm if heavy armors come in earlier, um, because as the GM, you can control how tough the enemies and hazards are, you can make them get their money's worth out of that heavy mail and they've got a mob of angry darkspawn mm-hmm. chipping away mm-hmm. at their health.
1: Also, penetrating damage if oh, it's yeah. getting a little bad, you can always just throw some penetrating damage at your warrior and that armor's not going to help too
0: much. yeah, There are plenty of options to get some penetrating damage in there. Um, but you should be careful that, especially if the uh, warrior does start getting ar- heavy armor real quick, um, they may start taking a bit of the spotlight from the other characters. Mm. So if the player, if the other players get some heavy armor, maybe throw a bone to the mages and the rogues. Get the rogues some nice daggers, or um, get the uh, mage a nice staff or something. Give them a little boost. Mm, there's not and- a whole
1: lot in the way of equipment that... Really helps mages until you get into the night artifact level stuff. Right.
0: Well, hopefully, with some more item conversions. That's I'll true. Be, we
1: have some I'm item conversions. We might want to check that out.
0: Yeah. Uh, later on, I'll be uh, trying to convert the uh, Dragon Age Origins staves. So there'll be some low level staves that the PCs can get a hold of.
1: Nice. That was one thing that always made me a little hmm. bit sad as I was leveling up.
0: Hmm. Is that everybody
1: else is starting to get these low level magic items, and I'm like, hmm. I have a stick.
0: Of course, you also. It's do. a nice stick. It is a nice stick. You've it's, also got magic. You I, mean,
1: I, I am a magic. I'm a magic weapon. But. You
0: also did incidentally pulp up a couple of people with a stick.
1: Okay, well, and you roll three sixes. You roll three sixes, I and mean, that's yes. all I have to say about
0: that. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah, the that uh, that, quarter, staff. that quarter staff ended a couple fights. It was a good time.
1: Yeah, my big old stick.
0: Bit of uh, unexpected lethal blows coming in.
1: Yeah, actually, it was kind of surprising. <laughs> I was a major output for damage for the first uh-huh. few levels.
0: I don't think you've fired a single arcane lance this entire adventure. Maybe one. Two, one. You there was shot... a guy who
1: was too far away, and so I shot him.
0: <laughs> you shot one. You've shot one this whole time. Yes. Yeah. I mean, seventeen
1: levels, one arcane lance. Yeah.
0: You got your money's worth. Maybe two. It might be two <laughs> or
1: three, actually.
0: You got your money's worth out of that heal spell. Yes. Which ensured that the warrior, who even though she got some decent armor early on, was very much appreciating. Yes. That's teamwork. Do it. So, um, <laughs> thank so you for the question. Thank you for the question again, Parsival. We always appreciate it. We look forward to your next one.
1: Yep.
0: Yay. Yay. Thank you, Parseval.
1: Regular contributor. Woo.
0: We're looking for more of you. Come on in. Let's see. We're 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 we'll glad to
1: have you. We're nice. We'll talk you up. It'll be neat. We're
0: cool. We're hip. <laughs> um, That's what we are. Uh, so next question we have comes from I believe it is Kill. Or Keel heard through who uh, contacted us through our email. Cool name, we like it. Uh, It's coming
1: from a guy with a cool name, right?
0: Right, a name that people also have tendency to mispronounce. Yeah, I just kind of stop correcting people after a while.
1: I would too,
0: (laughs) Um, but thank you for the question, Keel. If that's how I'm pronouncing your name correctly, I hope I'm not butchering it. If I I apologize. But your question, um, in most of its entirety, was, um, I have discussed running Dragon Age with my group, we're in the midst of a Dresden Files game right now, so it'll be a bit of time before I get into running the game, but one of the players expressed interest in playing a different race, like a Golem or a Mabari. Uh, you said you f- you found uh, something on the forums, uh, something in the old archives of the forums back, uh, see uh, you took the Wayback Machine, uh,
1: hmm.
0: and it seems like a pretty good stab at it, but what are your thoughts on Homebrewed Races, and have you found any others in your treks to the distant verses? This is a very interesting request, and one that deserves some looking into.
1: I cannot explain how much I love the idea of playing a Mabari character.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty Just sweet. Once
1: he told me that this was part of the question, I was very excited, because yeah. playing a Mabari is the best idea, and you should do it.
0: Boots can be a PC.
1: Ah, uh, sorry. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, so I mean, this Play is a good a, dog. yeah, this is a perfectly uh, reasonable thing to request, especially because oh, it yeah. shows up in the video games a couple times. And
1: I would not be particularly surprised if there are eventually going to be uh, oh, yeah. uh, like add-ons to the game and such. Do you statically. think
0: in Faces of Thetis they will stat dog?
1: They better stat dog. Dog has a face.
0: Green Ronin part of Thetis. Green Ronin. We just want you guys to know. No pressure or nothing.
1: No. We'll just
0: be real sad. If Dog's not there, please let the dog. Don't forget the dog. We love the dog. So, uh, anyway, Dragon Age RPG usually sticks, and even the video games usually stick to the core four races of the setting humans, elves, dwarves, and kunari. Mm-hmm. These are the expected races for the game, but Dragon Age heroes have come from so many other places. Uh, Shale and Dog are two very special companions from Dragon Age Origins, and neither really fits into the standard formula for character creation, so That's they, true. they deserve a special look. Uh, like the video games, these characters will probably need to have their own mechanics to make playing them feel special and worthwhile. Shale and dog get a lot of abilities that other party members do not.
1: Mm-hmm. There's dog. another major mm-hmm. difficulty with playing a Mabari in that you will not be able to speak to your party. It's because true. Because you are in fact a dog.
0: It is very true. With Although a goal, that can uh, be great. Yes, it, it can, that can be interesting. You can always <laughs> role play through pantomime. Yes. That's all. That I mean, that could be fun. It could be fun. Go for it.
1: But I think, and I haven't seen anything Dissonant Versus-wise that would be statting out options for characters of these races. Mm-hmm. Although we would certainly like to. Mm-hmm. Ah.
0: Hint, hint.
1: Ah. Anybody? Bueller? Ah.
0: Hmm. Incidentally, we got one thing on the Dissonant Versus. Uh, I actually dug up the thing that uh, Kiel mentioned uh, Let's see uh, through this link here. It is mm-hmm. actually um, something that will show up in our Dissonant Versus, rules for possibly statting out golems oh neat it was written a while ago though so so we'll, we'll talk about it later okay um but as additional p- av- possible avenues to explore to uh maybe get your uh to get you a uh, keel to get your uh, pc uh hankering at the bit if that's chomping at chomping at, the, at, the, at the bit thank you hankering a <laughs> uh, hankering for a chomping <laughs> just just maybe don't do that <laughs> Um, the extra ideas I thought of was maybe uh, suggesting that he could play uh, he or she could play a darkspawn disciple, or they. or they. Thank you. Could play a darkspawn disciple as those seen in Dragon Age Origins: The Awakening expansion. They are intelligent darkspawn who have been freed from the call of the old gods. That would be a
1: really, really interesting character. Concept. It would, and an extremely difficult character concept to work with a party. It's true. But not impossible could create a
0: really cool story. Correct. Um, if you've played Awakening, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, and if you don't, you, you should be highly recommended. It's a dang good expansion for a dang good game. It's true. Um, but but uh, playing a dark spawn, even one that has its own free will because it has given up the call of the old gods, does carry with it some interesting things because dark spawn are they have interesting thought processes.
1: In that they've become a bit warped.
0: Yes. <clears throat> even though they can't, even though these disciples can make their own decisions, they do make some odd ones. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a slightly warped, as you said, viewpoint. Uh, so their reality is very different from how most civilized folk look at Thedas. So playing a creature that thinks it's helping when really it's taking the most violent method of solving problems can lead to intriguing situations, but should be considered a possible pitfall that you should talk to your players about.
1: Yep. Everybody should be aware. That's a,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's a sort of advanced level role playing opportunity. It's true.
0: Um, so make sure that everybody's on board for that and's gonna be cool with that. Um, it also kind of creates some assumptions about what's happened in the Dragon Age universe so far, mm-hmm. because the disciples didn't really start showing up until about uh, thirty two, nine thirty one, when Awakening expansion ha- when the Awakening expansion takes place, which is after the fifth blight. Um, and the fact that there would be enough that a PC could be one of them probably means that the Warden Commander, whoever they happen to be, um, sided with one of the one of, the, one of the Spoilers. villains. Yeah. Spoilers, kind of. I mean, it's, it's been out for, well, for a while. Let's
1: not worry too much, but basically hmm. the idea is that certain things would have been assumed hmm. if about played, how Awakening yeah, went.
0: Right. If you've played Awakening, you'll know what we're talking about. There will be some assumptions. And so. unless
1: you've got a party that's really big on making sure that their canon is
0: mm-hmm.
1: what's happening, it probably won't be that big a deal. Just mm-hmm.
0: it's true.
1: The thing to keep in mind. Yeah,
0: you could probably still work around it. Maybe one got away. You oh, play. you know, there's all Those... sorts of ways to make oh, yeah. special
1: snowflake PCs. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you don't even need to help the PCs do that; they do that on their own.
1: Oh yeah. And this um, next one I really like the idea yes. that you could play um, a uh, tranquil mage.
0: Yes. Some folks on the boards have been talking about this one. It's it's a tricky one.
1: It's a little bit different from the others in that this is still a race. You would still be playing a background in a race that is mm-hmm. somewhat known to us mm-hmm. and Correct. has some status. Like, we at least we know what humans can do. For example, if you we were like a human tranquil, you would still be human. Yes. I think, um just real quick to answer sort of... The how would you go about doing it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: say, you you have to develop unique stats, I think. Yeah, over, probably, For yeah. really any of these, you would have to develop unique stats. Mm-hmm. Work with your GM, GMs work with your player. Yes. Find out what it is about those types that really, really inspires your player. Yes. And mm-hmm. find out ways to incorporate that into the game without it being overpowering. Definitely. It's going to require some... You know, it's like when you want to make the really best cookies, you got to make them from scratch. In this case, I think a little bit of free, uh, free, you know, building is going to be required. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless somebody makes something and gives it to us for disinverse. Hey. But, uh, regarding a tranquil mage character, that would be pretty darn cool. Oh,
0: yeah. And, um,
1: uh, one thing I was thinking of mm-hmm. for how to do a tranquil mage and, like, how to make that person interesting. Yeah. Is to, uh... Play your tranquil mage like, uh, like Star Wars has droids work.
0: Yes.
1: Because droids are definitely supposed to be, droids. They're they're not supposed to be emotional. They're not supposed to have a whole lot of feelings. They're not supposed to have a whole lot of personality. But they manage it. They manage mm-hmm. to showcase both the robotic component and the quirky aspects yeah so i would say that's a great way to work out a a tranquil mage as well but you Mm -hmm. would still need to figure out how to be a value to the party in that case because you can't cast spell.
0: definitely um so thank you very much keel we appreciate it it's it's a really interesting food for thought and um if anybody makes stuff again Mm -hmm. send it to us or really anything anything oh yeah anything um, if you have a question about the Dragon Age RPG any question of any kind send a message to podcast at com. send it to us through our Facebook Twitter, Tumblr Google Plus or SoundCloud accounts where you can send a personal message to Kot the, Kot the Protector on the Green Running Forums that's me oh or or you could you, send
1: a message and it, I might check it to uh Healerpuff on the Green Running Forums because I went ahead and made an account so that I could I don't know talk to people and stuff that's you that's me Yay! I get to say that's me
0: this time. <laughs> so, we have many consultants from the podcast that you can get in contact with. Please do. Many as in two of us. Many as in two, which is a lot more than we had before. It's 100% increase. Correct. Um, so, thank you guys for the questions. We're going to go ahead and open our books to the dissonant verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the
1: edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. Uh, Of course, but...
0: (sighs) Welcome to the Distant Verses. We've got a couple of interesting ones here for you. Uh, One that's new and one that's quite old. Uh, But we'll be including links to both of them in our blog so that you guys can check them out. Uh, And of course, uh, both of them can be found if you dig enough in the Green Ronin forums. The first one comes from VladGenX on the Green Ronin forums. Oh. Uh, Vlad wrote a little guide for us. Uh, if you happen to play or own Heroescape or Arena of the Planeswalkers and have the uh, hexagonal tiles that you can stack on top of each other um, that kind of creates pseudo-3D terrain um, that they use for their game, and you were wondering if you could use them for Dragon Age or Fantasy Age, you are in luck. Ooh. Because Vlad Gen X has created a helpful guide for using these colorful tiles in a game that uses the age rules.
1: Well, that sounds fun.
0: Yeah, he goes into the rule, uh, um, and I actually talked to him a little bit. It's it's interesting that there's that uh, he's brought a couple of rules over from that game so that it would work with the tiles here, and some of it work um, depends on the height of your mini. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh.
1: well, that could be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Sounds like an exciting little addition.
0: Uh huh. So you should definitely check that out. We'll be including it on our blog. Thank you, Vlad Gen X.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out myself. I didn't get to see that one.
0: Mm-hmm. I have to check out those HeroScape tiles. They look they look kind of cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully, they're not
0: terribly expensive.
1: <laughs> oh, good. More things that we need to buy.
0: More things to buy with all that money. With all that money, we definitely have that belt of increased monetary gain that, that I got from the dwarves is just not helping. Nah, just kind of looks silly while I'm working at a grocery store. <laughs> anyway. Um... The next one comes from a uh, username, Teodora Kalimov on the old Green Ronin forums. These, uh, this actually comes from a uh, forum post that was archived when Green Ronin moved their forums back in 2014. This post is way back from 2009. This is actually Whoa. like before the, uh, the full release of uh, Dragon Age Set 1 box. Oh
1: my goodness. Like,
0: the box came out in 2010. This pot, this post was from two thousand nine. This, this is like Wow. Months after Dragon Age Origins the video game came out.
1: That's wild.
0: Yeah. So this this guy was on it. So, um with reference to what we were talking about earlier, Theodore Kalomov um has got you covered if you want to try playing a golem character.
1: It's an eight year old post.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, he, uh, of course, noted that Shale is an iconic character reminiscent of HK-47 from the Knights of the Old Republic see, series. droids. There we can see droids. The cold and pitiless engine of destruction, unshackled by squishy body parts and sloshing blood. Ew. So, if you'd like to try playing a golem character, uh, here is one way you could try it out. You can use, um, let's see, our suggestions for, let's see, from the codex. Which, which means, was basically which find you, somebody or build yeah. it from scratch. So here it is. This is our suggestion. This is our suggestion. It's a pretty it's a pretty solid one. So uh, feel free to check it out. It is an old post uh, that did come out before Dragon Age got levels 6 to 20. So it may be worth taking a close look at and maybe tweaking a little bit. Mm-hmm. Cause,
1: Probably could use an update or two. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But it's pretty dang cool.
1: That's very great.
0: Thank mm-hmm. you, Theodore. Uh, Theodore. Theodor. Uh, I tried to get into contact with the- uh, Theodore Kalimov, and I uh, couldn't. His account got moved over from the old forums, but he posted way back in like 2009. I wasn't sure if he was even still on or not. Uh. Um, Theodore, if you happen to be listening, thank you so much. I hope I didn't overstep my bounds by finding this. Um, and if you've got anything else you'd like to share with us, please feel free.
1: Yeah, we would love to hear.
0: Yes. Uh, you can find all of these submissions and more archived in our resources for your game page on our blog, wordpress.com. If you'd like to let us know about some custom Dragon Age RPG content, or even send us your own, you can send a message to oneisathetispodcast at gmail.com. Send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, Plus, or SoundCloud accounts, or you can send a personal message to Conflict Protector on the Green Running Forums. That's me. Or... Or you can send
1: one to uh, HealerPuff on the Green Running Forums. That's me.
0: Nice. Now we're just going to get Jill, Logan, and Caitlin on the bandwagon. Yes, yeah, seriously. We'll have all the consultants on.
1: Well, technically, Natalie was a consultant. Though, That's true. I got
0: yeah. some... <laughs> we could get Natalie on, too.
1: Sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. It'd be fun. I like her. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've talked about rules, and now we're going to talk about some more rules. Well, but...
1: Particularly when they don't work.
0: Correct. When they don't necessarily help us. So, uh, but we're going to help you to help them... Help. Anyway, this is our it's main topic. So, Dragon Age is a simple game to pick up, but it is not a shallow one, and mm-hmm. as with any game that is not necessarily shallow in its rules... They're going to... Sometimes lead, the rules are going to lead you into a corner.
1: Oh, uh, it's literally any game ever.
0: Correct, yes. It's true. You, mean, um, you can
1: find corner cases in things like Monopoly. Candyland? You can probably find a corner case in Candyland. Yeah, Candyland would. has some obnoxious... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to talk about Candyland. <laughs>
0: uh, these corner cases, as they are often called in the RPG community, can leave players and GMs scratching their heads and the number of rulings of how to handle them can be as varied as the number of gaming groups. Um... We'll start with a bit of general advice for how to handle weird corner cases that pop up in your game, and then we've got a big slew of examples that we'll go through, and we'll talk to you about how we interpret them, uh, and some consequences of those interpretations. But, um, when approaching corner cases at your table, it is worth considering a few things. Does your solution to this problem, uh, does your proposed solution feel reasonable?
1: Does it make sense from a gaming and a world standpoint?
0: Yeah. Does everybody look at this ruling and be like,
1: oh, okay. I can see how that would work.
0: Uh, does your solution leave the players happy? This is a very important one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And
1: note that it's not always the best case to make them it's true. happy, per se. It's true. Like, if you've got a bunch of players who are uh, calling for something that would completely unbalance a combat or a game in a way that is not supported by the rules, feel free to say No. They may not rights. be particularly happy about it, but in the end, they will have a more fruitful gaming experience.
0: Indeed. Uh, does your solution create a
1: precedent? That's a big one, especially if you've got really? players who like to <laughs> yeah. maximize their usage of the rules. We haven't
0: had any of those. Never. Uh, anyway, uh, you're right? <laughs> um, if you happen to have players that are even that are like that, uh, that you know, when you make a ruling. They accept it as fact, and honestly, you probably sh- they probably should anyway. But um,
1: you may have some who plan to make use of. Correct.
0: The um, if they, it's a, if they may, here you make a ruling, they may assume that you're going to rule that same way for other situations. So they may come with you with some suggestions, or they might have, or they might jump to some conclusions without your knowledge. So be careful about situations where your ruling creates a precedent for the future.
1: Yep a big deal
0: uh feel free to ask the players especially players with gm experience what they might do to adjudicate
1: and make it clear that you are asking for input correct. and that it's still your decision it is you hopefully you shouldn't have to make that clear but if you need to make sure that they know that they're not deciding for you they're offering input
0: yes that is correct and uh finally don't take too much time
1: mm-hmm
0: um when these corner cases come up and they they will come up especially once you start getting into higher level play yep. do not spend too much time on them. Nobody wants yeah. to spend half an hour pulling up in the rule books uh, double checking things, uh making <laughs> making cases, um taking notes, etc.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm saying if I'm thinking if it takes more than a solid minute to adjudicate, mhm it's probably taking too long.
0: Yes. Definitely. I mean, if a
1: life hangs in the balance, maybe a few minutes.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. If one of the players is going to die, if the ruling goes one way, in which case you may
1: want to actually, you know, rule in the favor of them not dying because of a rules cornering issue. Right. Just, just, just a suggestion. Uh,
0: another good suggestion. Uh, if you do make a ruling, it might be a good idea to write it down so you don't forget it next time it comes up.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, so that if somebody says you didn't do that, you can point at exactly what your ruling was.
0: Correct. Protect yourself.
1: I mean, hopefully, again, these are protective measures that you should not need if you've got a nice, grown-up
0: group yes, of players. absolutely. Uh, so, with that in mind, here are a few corner cases we've come across in our time of Dragon Age and a few from a newer member of the Green Rodion Forums that we will get to later. Cool. Um, so, we'll start going down our list here. Uh, one we've got is, what do you do when multiple items' abilities reduce the cost of a stunt? The rulebook doesn't really say what happens when you've got multiple, like, uh, like a talent or and a, or a spell or an item that are all stacking to reduce the cost of a stunt. Uh, and the one I was looking in particular was the lightning attack stunt. Mm. Especially because that can, that... I mean, can, that's an important one. That can make some interesting moments. So, um, what, tendency, what do you do? Uh... The rulebook, of course, doesn't say what to do, but there are a couple of ways you can go about it. Um, we would probably recommend against letting them stack. Um, and you could probably also argue that it would be that way because the uh, most of the talents and rules in question usually say that it costs a specific amount instead of this other specific amount. Yeah. So if you've got two things that say lightning attack, you can use for two stun points instead of the usual three. If both of them say that, then... You're
1: still just using it for two instead of three.
0: Yes. If you've got something that's, that says, like, reduces the cost of this stunt by one stunt point, but mm-hmm. doesn't have a specific cost that it's supposed to be, then those two will probably stack.
1: Yeah. Important side note to go with that is, unless you have a spell or an ability that specifically says it takes a stunt, that it can take a stunt to zero points, mm-hmm. do not let things stack to a point where they're going to let things be zero, zero stunt points. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unless the rules specifically call out that it says, you know, this can reduce a stunt to zero, to costing you zero stunt points. And there is at least one thing I know of that does. Mm-hmm. So just be careful, because yes. the moment a stunt costs nothing, it, and actually that's another interesting case. Yeah.
0: Which we are uh, which we can jump down to if we want. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, if a stunt costs zero stunt points, how often do you get to use it?
1: And moreover, can you use it if you don't generate stunt points? Yes. I would personally say yes on that
0: mm-hmm. second one. Because it costs no stunt points. Yeah. You don't need stunt points to do it.
1: However, oh, you know what? Most of these stunts are going to have the answer right there for you. Mm-hmm. Because in all other cases, it says... You know, unless a stunt says you can use it more than once, you cannot. Yes. And that is regardless of how many points it costs. It's true. So most stunts are going to tell you whether or not you can use them more than once. It's true. Even if the even if you have, like, uh, like, even if you were to somehow get 10 stunt points, which is not really a feasible thing that you could do. I want to think about it.
0: But yeah, you, we'll, you we'll think about it later. Maybe you, later.
1: You couldn't lethal blow twice. All right, Because yes. it does not say you can do that twice.
0: Yes technically you can only perform stunts once um that being said we did give one of our players a nice little boosty um by because when she because she can perform uh let's see it's our rogue Callie who can perform uh let's see because of the second level rogue power can perform pierce armor for one stunt point and then when the mage casts telekinetic weapons on her that
1: is my example of thing that can take it to zero.
0: Yes. So she gets to do pierce armor for free and because she is a duelist that means that all of her pierce armor attacks which she gets to do for free are penetrating damage. Which is
1: pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Well even then she's I think only using pierce armor once per
0: is she? round. I don't think she's been using because she once can per only round.
1: attack once per round.
0: I mean when she does things like um Lightning attack and perfor and uh, perforate. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah, lightning attack doesn't generate extra stun points, but she has been adding penetrating damage on all of those. Uh oh. Um, I think we did rule it a while ago that that's how it's going to be. I think I intend to carry it out to the end, um, the end of the campaign, and it's we're keeping ma- us alive. Right, we're making it work for us, honestly. Uh, and um, but I think with future campaigns, I will probably not let that ruling fly. Yeah. I would probably say that for every, if a, if a stunt point costs zero stunts, if a stunt costs zero stunt points, then you can only use it once per every time that you could generate stunt points. So,
1: so I know she's adding the my magic to damage on every hit, she which is. she's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's but been getting yeah. like
0: three or four penetrating damage strikes yeah, per round.
1: That would be a little bit.
0: She's been rocking it. Yeah, she's been doing it. I mean,
1: honestly, it hasn't been game breaking. It's. Been a thing that
0: keeps us from dying, so right. So we've been making it work for us. So for our campaign, it works. Mm-hmm. Later campaigns, I might not do that. Um, but just so you know, um, especially in that case, it is going to boost the power of your pay- of your players quite significantly if they can mm-hmm. perform stunts for free anytime.
1: Yeah, it's something to be very careful with. Yeah,
0: even if you limit it to you know like attacks that could generate stunt points, otherwise, which I think I have not been doing because. Happened. Um, hey, great. Yeah. To, she's having fun. We're all having well, fun, and
1: and I think it makes sense to, uh, you, like, you can limit it to attacks that w- that could feasibly generate stunt points, mm-hmm. but I think it makes sense to allow them even if you don't generate stunt points,
0: mm-hmm. because you didn't need to generate them. You, you didn't need them. Yeah. So that's a good mm, one, though. That is a good one. That is one definitely worth thinking very hard about, especially if you got a rogue and somebody who can cast telekinetic weapons, because then it becomes a. Harsh reality. <laughs> yeah. And you got that uh boss that has thirteen armor rating, it doesn't seem to mean much when the rogue gets up in front.
1: Unless they've got a master level of armor.
0: Yes. Yeah. It's true. It's fair. The armor talent. Um so next one. Uh after level six you get to add a focus bonus as part of the success degree on tests. Um would you get to add that focus bonus to the success uh, to the success and apply it to the heal action uh, because the heal action um re- so the heal action uh, heals your cunning plus the dragon die result is what it says mm-hmm. yeah so it's a little unclear as to whether or not you could do that and some people say no some people say yes I personally would... what do you think dear? i would say no no you don't Just think so because
1: i mean i don't think it's game breaking mm but I think the way the rules are sort of laid out and possibly intended, the uh, the focus bonus to degree of success is something that doesn't even apply to normally the dragon dyer or stunt points in anything other than advanced test. It's true. And heal using the heal major action is nothing to do with an advanced test. Mm-hmm. So it would probably just, if anything, it might be your extra stunt point that you get
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you rolled stunts. Yeah. But I. Can't see it adding mm. to a heal a heal major action unless mm. for some reason that heal major action was part of an advanced test.
0: I could yeah I could see it. Um, my thought was that it probably wouldn't be that big of a deal if yeah, you yeah that I don't think it would matter too because much. it's a focus bonuses you know it's two extra hit points <laughs> you give them because even if you start getting higher degrees of chirurgy um, you multiply your cunning your cunning ability you don't multiply the dragon die result. Mm -hmm. You just add the Dragon Day result to the multiplied cunning, which I don't think it's necessarily game-breaking to add a 2 or a 3. I I think it would be kind of nice. As somebody who knows how healing
1: progresses in later levels, I will Mm -hmm. agree
0: with you. (laughs) So, I mean, especially if your party's taking a lot of damage, why not let them? I think it's
1: a legit house rule. Yeah,
0: it could be a good house rule. Especially because you're
1: probably not going to have a whole lot of people who actively want
0: to play spirit healers. Mm -hmm. And the chirurgy talent is a good, good, fairly solid, especially later on, alternative, too. Yes a dedicated healer or even multiple people who all have chirurgy and can do it as a minor action. I would
1: recommend that more than one person have Yes.
0: Yes. Uh, next one. When you roll stunts including and this one's kind of a mouthful so bear with us. When you roll stunts including a lightning attack or a dual strike can you choose which target is subject to further stunt effects? Same goes for fast casting. For example if you lightning attack two targets but you also get a, take a knockdown stun does the stunt affect the original target that you rolled the stunt points against, or can you use it on the secondary target from lightning attack? Uh, The rules aren't terribly clear. Maybe they kind of push towards, you know, you were focusing on this guy before, so the stunts are going to them, but...
1: It's kind of difficult. I would say, like, the rule stickler in me would probably (laughs) say no.
0: So this would also apply to, like, uh, fast casting Mm -hmm. if you, like... Casting like you could the one person you can't then...
1: make the next spell puissant just because
0: right yeah well puissant puissant but yeah, know it was the like cuz the next spell that you cast could you make it mighty
1: mm-hmm.
0: or would you have to would you be stuck with making the first spell that you cast have the mighty have the mighty spell t- uh, stunt applied to it
1: Um, yeah, again, yeah, the the rule stickler in me makes me think you would need to... Because when you earned the stun points, you wouldn't have been aware that you were making the extra attack and you wouldn't have been aware that you were going to be casting the extra spell. Yes. So, it, uh, it makes it difficult for me to justify, mm-hmm. logically, that you would be able to use those stun points that you earned mm-hmm. on something you didn't know you were going to be able to do.
0: Right. Fair enough.
1: However, as a, you know, as sort of a game construct... It doesn't seem particularly game-breaking either. No. And in fact, I, I, I like the versatility that it yeah, adds. it's kind of so, fun. Like, if I'm not being all stuffy and, you know, rules rigid, I think it's a, not a bad thing to house rule in. But I do think it's difficult to have it make sense within the confines of the world's reality. Yes.
0: GMs, you are, of course, the final adjudicators on whether or not the players can use the stun points in the way they... Uh, Pause it so feel free to feel free to have the right to say no. Yep, let's see. Uh, next question uh, Is there an order to which your abilities increase at level up? Can you increase constitution or magic before gaining access to health or mana at this level?
1: Um, as somebody who's played a lot of D&D and Pathfinder. I want to err on the side of yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too. Because Me hit, too. hit
1: points and such are kind of hard to come by sometimes. That's true. So I think being able to up those stats mm-hmm. ahead of time.
0: Yeah. The core rulebook doesn't really say that it happens in a specific order. I don't think any, at least not any rulebook I've looked at, has specifically specified that it has to be in a specific order. I'm sure there are some out there. Um, but I think it's perfectly within reason you know, for the PCs to be like, you know, I want to increase my constitution first so I get more hit points this level. Uh, that's perfectly reasonable. I think that's fine. Go for it. Uh, next one. Can you use the skirmish stunt to set yourself up for lightning attacks or dual strikes? For example, maybe you or you strike somebody and you weren't close enough to that person, close enough to you got a, a lot of stunt points, but there wasn't really anybody else to attack and you kind of want to spread it out. Could you skirmish first to set yourself up for the extra attacks that you would have gotten with lightning attack or dual strike?
1: I like that. I vote yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I think th- that's Yeah, cool. I Not think so. Not cute.
1: I don't know why I said cute.
0: I think it's cool. <laughs> I mean, it could be both. We don't know. I suppose. I
1: mean,
0: it's your role play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's up to you guys. Um, but I think that there is, I think there's a bit of precedent with it already because um, the level 17 warrior power is, like uh, I like to call it the all-consuming swing because that's kind of what it is. It's the mm-hmm. dual strike. When you do dual strike, you can hit two extra targets instead of one, and it says that you can skirmish to set yourself up for any of the attacks you oh, need to
1: make. So, so that is a special ability gained by warriors only,
0: right? The, the 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 ability for the dual strike to hit multiple people it says that you know, it says that you can the uh, if you you know don't have any targets within range, you can skirmish to get yourself to other folks. So, but it you, also
1: lets you dual strike. Or, like, is it dual strike multiple people? It's dual like
0: strike, uh, dual strike two extra targets instead of one extra target, which is what dual strike okay. does. Well, in that case, I think it's probably okay yeah. to let everybody be able to do so. Yeah, sure. Um, they might have just you know included that as a clarification for yeah. like for the way. possible corner case. What if I want to all well, consider if I want to do a super dual strike and there's only one person or there's only two people? Yeah,
1: also um, makes that ability more viable.
0: Yeah. It's super cool. So I think that it's perfectly reasonable to su- to suggest that. It makes stunts more stunty.
1: Yeah, it's fancy.
0: Yeah. This next one is probably going to be a bit thick. Uh, is there grappling in Dragon Age? Uh, <laughs> How would it work? No. <laughs> we can probably answer it nice and quick. Making a pose test. Yep. Uh, it could be like dexterity brawling or strength might versus their dexterity acrobatics, strength might, something, whatever they want to, I guess, whatever mm-hmm. they could reasonably roll against it or whatever you could reasonably roll to perform it. Um, when in doubt, opposed test. Yeah, when in doubt, make an ability test. It's in the core book. Check that one out. I believe it's at the beginning of chapter eight. I don't know. Yes, it should be a little sidebar. It says Dragon Age in a Nutshell. If you ever, ever, ever pressed for an answer, have them make an ability test. Uh, So an opposed test makes plenty of sense for grappling. Um, Whether or not your GM wants to go into the finer points of grappling, like if there's a grappled condition, if there's a pinned condition, if there's a...
1: Everybody loves complicated grapple If there's a
0: suplex condition, who knows? Um, So that's that's definitely going to be up to the table, GMs individually to adjudicate that one, because that one's going to have dozens of applications, especially... Depending on how your PCs want to do it, um, because that can that can get tricky very fast. Uh, so maybe GMs will require that you have like the brawling focus, or maybe the, maybe GMs will even require you to have like a certain degree of unarmed style, unarmed combat style talent, maybe. Um, but. GMs think very hard about this one because grappling, uh, in any in any system I have encountered it, it always ends with people looking a little confused.
1: It it will get complicated quickly. I think it would be weird to not have options for it.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: But because I mean, it can be an important part of how mm-hmm. you plan out what you oh, yeah. do.
0: But players uh, want to take someone alive. Yeah,
1: exactly. But letting it get complicated, mm-hmm. well, we all we all know how that can end up.
0: Yes. So, so keep it simple, stupid. Keep it yep. keep it simple, quick, snappy, make a decision right then and there, and can keep the game going. Exactly. <coughs> so the next one is one that uh, might have special significance to you. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking a lot of lyrium potions. Should something other huh. than extra mana be happening?
1: That's an interesting question. I think that would be an add like an add-on to the campaign yes. than anything else. It would
0: be an extra rule set to add to the game. and uh, the folks at uh, Bioware were actually considering adding um something about uh, lyrium addiction to mages who were drinking ma- who were drinking too many mana potions.
1: I would but, be so far gone by now. Right.
0: They cut it out of the game because it would end up making the game too complicated and that's mm-hmm. and that's probably also why it's not in the tabletop game, because it makes things it adds an extra layer of complication.
1: And can actually make things harder for mage characters to Correct. If they need really want to contribute to combat.
0: Yes. So Because um, you need
1: to pretty much be down in those things like their uh those nineties Capri Sun
0: <laughs> Yes. Um so this is probably gonna be more in the purview of if your care if your player character wants to tell a story about lyrium addiction, that could be a very interesting avenue to go down. Mm-hmm. Um but you that'd probably to be something you want to talk to the GM about. The GM wanna talk to you back to you about and how you want it to work yeah. and like what if there's gonna be like a progression of stages. That should be
1: something that everyone really, is aware of at sessions. Oh hours. yes.
0: Yeah. You know, Make sure everyone's aware at Session Zero how nitty-gritty this is going to get. And this is Dragon Age. It's a dark fantasy, but make sure that everyone's on board for this. Mm Because it could, especially I think we've had a couple players who it could bring back bad memories for. So Mm -hmm. be very careful with it.
1: Yep. Things like addiction can be very, very serious parts of other people's lives and stuff that they may not want to visit while they're trying to escape the world. Correct, yes. Play play a fun game. This is a game. Just be careful.
0: Um, it also nice. also is of, of particular interest to your character who is pregnant.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that's going to do. Right. All those
0: lyrium potions get fed to your baby, too.
1: I don't know what that's going to do. But and it, you've been drinking we, a couple we, greater okay, ones. Okay, well, you know what? We'd be super heck of dead if we hadn't <laughs> been mean, drinking them. I so.
0: mean, it's true. So.
1: Also, I had to drink raw, like, like the raw and processed.
0: Yeah, li- that, and- that might be the thing that clinches it, that you had to take a heroin yeah. while you were expecting child.
1: Long story short, probably going to be Magical MacGuffin, baby, but... Probably. But hey, at least that won't affect my ability to be in combat.
0: Right. So again, purview of how you want to tell the story. Yes. So, probably can leave the Lyrium Addiction out unless you. everyone is cool with it and wants to tell a story with it. And that's mm-hmm. fine. So, uh, next one is an interesting one. Can you generate stun points on a test made as a reaction? So if you're someone if a mage is throwing a fireball at you and you succeed at the dexterity acrobatics test and you roll doubles on it, do you get stem points on it? No. No? You don't think so?
1: I don't I maybe. I don't know. It seems I like think... it would just become a I react to their reaction and I react to their reaction and I mm-hmm. react to their reaction then pretty much it right. just keeps going.
0: I think that especially in that like in that case I would probably only allow stunts that made sense for the situation but then at the same time you have to ask some questions like uh, if the mage gets enough if the, like if the rogue gets enough dexterity acrobatics and enough stun points to use the skirmish stunt that would get them out of the area of the fireball Oh
1: I do like that actually. Would they
0: think would they be like well I jumped out of the fireball do I take damage? Does anything happen to me? Am I okay?
1: Honestly, I, I like that particular case. Is the, you know, the rogue makes the acrobatics and mm-hmm. happens to be like five feet away from the side edge of the Inferno or, well, technically with Inferno as long as you get out before yeah. you start your turn, you're fine. But happens to be on the side edge of the spell and can you skirmish to get out? Then I would be fine with having them take no damage.
0: I mean, that, that's pretty dang cool.
1: Yeah.
0: they might have, It's you know, kind of like Evasion. Yeah, it's kind of like Evasion, which is what ability rogues get anyway in the mm-hmm. video games.
1: Oh yeah,
0: really? Yeah, it works a little differently. It's more like um, a oh, a flat chance to avoid a hit all the time, rather than like taking half damage from. Yeah.
1: I'm stuff. sure you could build a whole extra mini system on. Oh sure. Reaction stunts. Hmm.
0: Um. The the game says that technically any test that doesn't explicitly say can't generate stun points, like with how some abilities work, uh, like the lightning attack stun, mm-hmm. the second attack can't generate stun points. It calls that out. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: But so anything that doesn't say it can't.
0: Anything that does, doesn't say it can't technically can, but the GM is also perfectly within their rights to say, no, this does not generate stun points. So. Rolling initiative, for example. Right. Not a
1: good time for them people yeah, to get
0: in stun points. That's definitely a time I say no because. Everybody
1: seizes the initiative. Everybody
0: seizes the initiative. Then who goes first? <laughs>
1: It's it's very silly. All
0: right. So there may be some times when it's good to allow stunt points, and sometimes when it's not. Um, allowing stunt points like could involve a couple of extra corner cases, like skirmishing out of the way of a fireball, which is c- pretty cool. Um, but uh, that's going to be up to, up to definitely going to be up to the individual table GMs. Just and, and remember, don't uh, think about it very hard because it could set a precedent for later.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't overcomplicate mm. if you don't
0: want to. Yeah, so. and uh, some of them can be pretty dang cool. Like um, maybe the uh, maybe like the warrior gets uh, f- succeeds in the Constitution stamina test to resist a spell, um, but then rolls enough stun points that they want to use something like Tower of Will or With a Flourish, um, so that they so they look like they resist it particularly well, and then mm-hmm. it unhinges their enemy a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, it. If you do want to allow stunt points for it, make sure that the stunts that they're using makes sense for the tests they're making. Because you have a lot of stunts to choose from, but, you know, get, if the dude's right next to you and they cast a fi- a flame blast at you and you succeed the dexterity acrobatics test and get stunt points, you probably shouldn't get a lightning attack to take a swing at them. No. Yeah. That's a bit much.
1: What's our next question?
0: Next question is, what do you do when a player wants to perform an action that is normally a stunt?
1: I have some opinions about this
0: one. Yeah. Like, if a player wants doesn't necessarily want to like deal damage to them, they just want to get their weapon out of their hand, so they want to do a disarm, but disarm's a stunt, so what do you do? Yeah.
1: I, I think it would be extremely unrealistic
0: mm-hmm. to
1: assume that a person could not, for example, flirt unless they had the luck to roll stunt points.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough.
1: I feel like being able to choose between whacking someone in the face and disarming their weapon is a thing you can do without getting lucky. Sure. So I think allowing those things to be done as non-stunts... Means you're already not getting the benefit of anything else. Like you're not going to be making a a hit and dealing damage instead. Yeah. Instead, you're going to be making your opposed test or whatever, or your attack roll versus their. Basically, run it the way you would run the stunt. Yeah. And have that be their only action for the round.
0: Um, There are a couple of they can't
1: generate stun points.
0: Right. There are a couple of stunts like um, knockdown, or uh, let's say like uh, yeah, knockdown doesn't require an attack roll or anything. You just I would require
1: one if it's not a stunt.
0: That's what I figured. Um, but, especially in the case where, uh, if they perform this ability, this attack, like if they do a knockdown and they make it from the opposed test, but they roll stunt points on it, what stunts can they use? Um, because this was already supposed to be a stunt, should you allow stunt points to be used? Maybe?
1: It depends on how complicated yeah. you want things to be and how in-depth mm-hmm. you want to go to the specifics of what's going on. Yes. As a um, hard and fast, safe rule, I would just say no stunts. Mm-hmm. No stunt points on... Things that should be stunts. Yeah, but if, for example, it's like, okay, so I, may I knocked him, I knocked him prone, and I got stunt points. I would like to skirmish him mm-hmm. that way,
0: or disarm his weapon, or like knock his weapon out of his hand as he hits the ground.
1: Yeah, that makes yeah, like
0: use your best judgment. But uh, getting a lightning attack might be a little much. Yeah, might be okay. Somehow getting just lethal blow without hitting. <laughs> Bam! And another thing. And another thing. <laughs> and another thing.
1: Yep. Just keep. Just start talking at him.
0: <laughs> or put, knock them down. Stun. Silence. <gasps> <laughs> I like it. How could he? <laughs> or even you know, knock yes. down, knock down and rage. Knock them down. Like fine. You don't want me here. I'll go. I'm done. Bye. I like it. <laughs> so, within reason, you could probably mm. allow stun points. Just. Stuff that makes sense with the the, uh, Mm -hmm. stuff they're doing. Getting extra attacks might be a bit much, but...
1: If you're worried about a group that's going to abuse it, just don't do stuff.
0: Yeah, there we go. Uh, Let's see. The next one is... Do bestowed ongoing effects. Keep going after the user's unconsciousness or death. Only spells or all abilities. So Um,
1: I imagine if somebody is grappling you and they die, then they're probably not grappling you anymore. That's fair. But I would imagine that if, for example, I put force field up on somebody and then kick the bucket, Mm -hmm. they are probably still force
0: fielded. I think the instance where I wrote this question down was uh, when, I think it was when Callian went unconscious once uh, and went to the dying state. Um, She had a couple of fighting modes active. She asked me if, you know, while she's in the dying state, do her modes turn off, and does she have to turn them back on when she comes back to consciousness, or do they stay on?
1: Okay, I think that's a good question. Actually, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like being in those. It depends on the mode too a little bit. Right. Hard I think and it fast. Was... Maybe just no. You'd have to re-enter them mm-hmm. because you're not. I think are not...
0: dualist modes.
1: Yeah, hard and fast. I would say no. Mm-hmm. If there's like some cool corner case reason, like if Reserk. you've got a spirit healer or something that goes unconscious, but you really want this thing to sur- to work,
0: mm-hmm. then
1: you could even have the spirit take that person's body over and start doing stuff. Whoa. But you'd probably come at some sort of terrible cost. you know.
0: Yeah, you're an abomination by that point, and whether or not the spirit could leave.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could do a whole thing with that. But other than that, hard and fast, probably just have to reactivate your stuff.
0: Yeah, probably have to reactivate your things. I think I've been kind of kind because Callian goes down often.
1: <laughs> Poor Callian.
0: Kelly and get, went into the dying state a couple times uh, about two combats ago, and and I didn't make her reactivate her uh, uh, abilities because she was yeah. like, "I'm up, bang bang bang! Oh boy, I'm back up again, <laughs> bang bang bang! Oh man."
1: Well, I mean, the guy, the guy was not pleased. <laughs> yeah,
0: he was. He was not pleased, but he kept taking his eyes off. He the took prize. his eyes off the prize. It's true, which let you get some healings in. Yes. Uh, it's really weird when you know somebody's got like a rejuvenation spell (laughs) they're down and they're up Uh, they 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 make some attacks they get punched down and it doesn't kill them instantly because they go straight to the dying state but then the regeneration gives them 1d6 hit points which is magical healing so they get right back up again yep so as a minor action she gets up major action she attacks again they shoot her again and she goes back down
1: then she comes back up
0: yeah
1: yeah I I would say you probably need to reactivate
0: Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense yeah you all that focus that you've built into uh, maintaining that uh, that fighting stance has been stopped by the fact that you're trying to hold your organs in. Yes, um, but what about spells uh, that? Let's see, um, what about like spell effects or that like a mage casts? Um, do they continue after death? I
1: don't see why they wouldn't.
0: That's what I thought. The spells are just kind of the out there. Of, yeah, you've
1: already used the mana and hmm. made the thing happen.
0: If it requires a concentra- like concentration. Oh, then then, 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 yeah. it's, done, then it's done. yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, what's our next one? Uh, next one is if you are using a weapon that you do not possess the group for, you deal half damage. Does this half damage rule extend to class powers, spells, item bonuses to damage? Like if some, like if you're, like if the mage picks up a long sword. Okay. They deal half damage with it because it's not one of their weapon groups. If they cast flaming weapons on that weapon, it deals an extra d6 of damage. Does that d6 come after having the damage from the longsword or does it, or do you have everything?
1: I would say from the that? d6 comes after because it's not based on your ability to attack with the longsword, it's based mm-hmm. on the fact that you made fire.
0: Right. <laughs> yes.
1: And you're very good at making fire. You're very
0: good at making that fire. Um and that would probably be like uh, same thing I guess. For, I'm not sure where I was going with class powers I but I'm sure there I'm sure there is somewhere in there but um, also there was kind of like the um, if an item's got masterwork bonuses to damage like that it's would probably get plus 3 to damage. because it's
1: more about the item that you're using instead of the spell that you put on it
0: that makes sense so if it's more fo- so the uh, you're more we're more focusing on the not your non-proficiency with the item as opposed to um,
1: stuff you did to the item
0: yes so if you cast telekinetic weapons on the item, you probably still deal half damage of the item. And then you add your magic. But then you add your magic damage anyway.
1: So who cares?
0: Yeah. I think that sounds reasonable. Yep. Some it's GMs good. may not agree, and that's perfectly fine, but we think it's reasonable. Yeah. Gives you a little extra boosty.
1: And that's why you're here, right? To hear what we think?
0: Yeah. That's right very, here. We're full of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens when a flying creature is hit with the knockdown stunt? There's not really. I didn't really see anything in the core book. I might be completely wrong. I might have missed something entirely. But I'm pretty sure because they can't be knocked prone. Does anything happen? Uh,
1: I, they are immune to prone being knocked prone, right?
0: I think so. I remember
1: having a problem with that and having a mind blast not work on some blight owl thing.
0: Gotcha. That might have. that might have been the thing. Because they're not on the ground. but You can't really
1: knock them off the ground.
0: Right, but then if some some folks may say that the knockdown you know knocks them out of their flight or maybe makes them lose a bit of altitude. Uh, It depends on what's causing the
1: knockdown, and Mm -hmm. it's it would be nice if uh, mind blast actually you know did something to that effect or maybe made them lose some altitude or Mm -hmm. just smashed them into the ground a little bit.
0: Yes, I mean you know that could be fun. But then, of course, that's an extra thing, is uh, how much falling damage do they take? Is it penetrating damage? Well, yeah, do let's, they get to roll a test to resist Let's it?
1: just go ahead and say no and save ourselves <laughs> from getting into all of that. Yes, a That's Gordon, a can of worms I'm not yeah. going to open.
0: That is going to, because if the flying creatures can be not, knocked down and knocked out of the sky, do they get a chance to set, pick themselves up? That adds a lot of extra rules. So This is going to
1: become 3-5 right. really quickly maybe, if we start that.
0: It, maybe I didn't see anything, or maybe they didn't add anything, because it's simpler that way. They're flying. That could be. Can't push them down because they're flying. Um, the next one was, with the Gu- the Guardian specialization makes you immune to the knock-prone and the skirmish stunts. And this one's been coming up quite often. Does this apply to abilities that do similar things but are not specific stunts?
1: I would say so. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, given that the character is designed to withstand that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody cool. doesn't call it a skirmish or call it a, mm-hmm. Knock- a knock-prone. Mm-hmm. If it's doing the same thing, the person should probably still be immune.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought too. And of course, that applies to enemies that have like the immovable ability. So if you guys are in like uh, like you know, like gale force winds, which would p- push the players around, uh, if the guardian has planted themselves, they probably don't move. And that feels very guardian. So
1: yeah, just the Laura, uh, then the rest it of would also apply, go around for a while. Right,
0: it would also apply to those pride demons you guys are fighting right now. Yeah
1: and the BBEG
0: apparently. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: Not sure what he's doing.
0: I mean, he's a force mage.
1: I don't want to talk about it.
0: <laughs> he upsets me. He upsets me. He can go die. Yes. Which you be. guys are going to work very hard on. So, it's probably a reasonable thing to assume. You could it's it feels it feels pretty dang cool, so why not? But Yeah.
1: It would no. also be really frustrating, I think, if I were a guardian and i mm-hmm. inspect myself so that I could do that, and I had literally no way of preventing that from right.
0: happening from another creature, even though I was willing to yeah. spec for it. And then the GM's like, uh, the wing buffet pushes you away.
1: Yeah, that yeah. would irritate me, really, a lot. So
0: That dragon pushed you away with its wings, but I planted myself. Not the nuts, not the skirmish stunt. That's just irritating. Yeah.
1: Don't be that kind of GM. Don't guys. be
0: that kind of GM uh what oh i a, love this one yeah this I one was kind of weird what happens when an abomination casts a spell and triggers a mishap and gets the harrowing mishap
1: i I have no answer for this i'm just really really mm. very kind of tickled by right. the possibilities that this there's
0: a... there's kind of already a demon in there so is there a new demon right i mean it could be does the demon cool. get
1: kicked Ooh, is it like the one chance that they get to kick the demon out
0: yeah because there's two demons fighting and neither of them are completely in control of the body and the mage can get away I
1: think that's an entirely GM call.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um... It implies also
1: a lot of things about the world. There's really, as far as Dragon Age canon is concerned, there's only one way to actually unpossess somebody. I think it's just the Litany of Adrala, right?
0: I think so, yeah. And even though the Litany of Adrala only prevents them from possessing, I think once they are possessed, it's too late to use the Litany of Adrala.
1: Yeah. Well, um... There's some, I think the litany has been used on things that are... I don't know. Mm. I think there's at least like one or two ways in existence that can do that. Mm-hmm. But this could be a really fun thing to add to your world because it's so unlikely. That's true. Like, say your PC ends up becoming an abomination and the abomination casts a spell at its friends and has a mishap and triggers a harrowing mishap. If that abomination fails, maybe have your PC make a willpower self-discipline at their original score. And if they maybe have an opposed test, Mm-hmm. and if your PC beats it and maybe even one other demon,
0: maybe your PC gets their body back. Gets their body back. Maybe they have to contend with two demons at that point, but, you know, that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that could add, add to exciting. some really interesting circumstances.
0: <laughs> I was just trying to cast rock armor, and then these demons appeared. What <laughs> happened? <laughs> uh, I like it. Yeah, the players are like, what would you do? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, next, um, we actually got a couple of these from uh, a Green, For- uh, Green Ronin forum poster, uh, one of the newer folks who's come on recently, PNP Gamer. Thank you, PNP Gamer. Thank you much, Lee. We borrowed a couple of these. Um, and these were some good questions that folks have already talked about on the boards, but we'll add our thoughts here. Um, first one was, can a PC stack talent effects, i.e. use a two-handed spear? Can he gain benefits of both two-hander style and pull weapon style? If so, what talents do stack with each other, and what type of gear gives bonuses to each talent? It's an interesting um,
1: one. Uh, are there any weapons that actually count as being in two groups?
0: Um, you could. I th- uh, I was thinking oh, it's because um, a two handed spear or a glaive. You technically wield them with two hands. Yeah,
1: but what so style does it count as?
0: It would count. As, I mean, it's part of the pole weapon group, um, but it is a two handed weapon. So you could argue that you could use pole style, pole weapon style, and two weapon, two handed weapon style at the same time. Mm. Kind of like how you could use um, dual weapon style and unarmed style. I don't know. No,
1: it seems a little off. I think there's a reason why they're specifically given their own style
0: mm-hmm. because
1: there's really no such thing as a pull, like a reach pole weapon that you don't have to wield with two hands.
0: Mm-hmm. It's true.
1: Unless you've got a very specific feat that just came out in a very different game. Yes. But it's it seems a bit like uh, I don't think it would work. I feel like no. that's trying to get too many benefits out of because two hander style is also just a different way if you're looking at it from a logic standpoint, it's a different way of fighting than pole arm style. It's true. Because a pole arm is very different than say a great sword.
0: It's true. Or a great axe. Yeah. Or, a or any of the an other two hander. Yeah.
1: Anything that's a hander is going to be something that you're using to mm-hmm.
0: Pull weapons smash, are definitely a, a very different kind of fighting style. It's true. Mm-hmm.
1: I think if there is a weapon, mm-hmm. if, if they come out with a weapon that says it is part of the two-hand style and the pull weapon style, mm-hmm. then yes. But otherwise, they I think they put the weapons in specific groups for a reason.
0: Mm-hmm. I thought it wouldn't uh, unbalance the game that much, especially if the players put six of their talent levels into becoming, like, a master in both styles.
1: I think it could because of the next
0: question. The next question? Uh, Yes, and then that was actually something that uh, we wanted to talk about, too. And I personally didn't think that it was... that, And I thought this one could be handled relatively easily. Uh, What if the spear has superior qualities and increases talent level by one? Does the increase happen to both talents or only one?
1: See, this, I think, is something that can be avoided just by sticking to the rules as they are standard.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't really say that you can't use them in two weapon groups, especially because you've got two... Like, if you're using dual weapon style and unarmed style, you got two hands. Could you not do a weapon with them?
1: I think that starts to make more rules complications. Mm-hmm. I think brawling kind of implies that you may even be... You know, I think you can get... Can't you get more than one attack with brawling?
0: Uh, Not with the unarmed style talent on its own.
1: Okay. That may just be a limitation of the game simply because it doesn't mm-hmm. have rules for long lots of details.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I thought it could that be it avoids cool a certain and... amount of unbalance as well.
0: Yeah, I thought it could be pretty cool and uh maybe yeah, well, partial like, to synergy. I mean, I like Warriors. Warriors are fun. Rogues can get some out of this too.
1: Rogues don't need any more.
0: <laughs> I mean rogues rogues could get some out of this too. Could be fun. You don't know.
1: I don't know. I think, you know, GMs do, you know, should always pick what they think is going to feel right at their table. Hmm. If it were me, I probably would not allow it.
0: Okay, but Fair I'm enough.
1: not a GM, so it really doesn't matter,
0: right? Um, st- sticking a couple of these talents together does get you some pretty potent effects, but you know, when you've got nine talent levels uh, sunk into it, that's yours. You should be like, if you, got, if you got so if you got six talent levels, you're going to be probably at least twelfth level befo- or eleventh level before you got that.
1: Sorry, I just I just found dried play doh in my hair. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: my job Your job has come home with you.
1: My job has come home it's not glitter today.
0: It's, at least it's not glitter. It's at least Play-Doh. it's not boogers.
1: Sure it's not. It's I'm not sure boogers. I'm sure that's There's not no a thing
0: that I brought home. I never that,
1: okay. Moving on.
0: <laughs> uh do special effects from various sources that say your allies within X yards receive Y bonus also affect yourself uh, in most
1: games that i've played game, you, they you count as your own yeah, ally
0: you're your own friend aren't but you i mean
1: aren't you gonna be nice to yourself
0: <laughs> do you not like yourself for something you got self-esteem issues oh that got sad real quickly actually got yeah. real sad i can't inspire myself <laughs> See, i can't <laughs> even inspire myself with my with my, <laughs> with my rally mode and that's that's very sad i think it's perfectly reasonable that you're your own ally
1: Yeah, I can't think of, I mean, I'm not super up on the way all the other talents work, but Mm -hmm. I can't think of any ways that it would really break the game, and in fact, I think some of those abilities are designed Mm -hmm. to
0: do that. I think uh, the suggestion that was on the boards was uh, being a journeyman um, champion from the, like, the champion specialization from Warrior gets a rally mode, uh, and folks within a specific, and it says their allies within a specific radius gain bonuses on attack, uh, like, gain bonuses on attack and damage rolls. Would you be included in that? I
1: I don't know. I feel like if I were getting Mm -hmm. people inspired, I'd be getting into it, and I'd be getting the feeling, and...
0: Hmm. You're leading by example.
1: Yeah. I think think it's totally legit that Mm -hmm. that would be something that you would get for yourself, too.
0: Yeah, sure, why not? Um, So, yeah, I'd say go for it. Why not? And uh, especially because um, uh, spells that say they affect like a number of allies equal to your magic—that's you're you're taking up one of your slots for yourself. So that's that's a fair price to pay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think (sighs) that's all of our questions. Goodness, all of our corner cases.
0: That was uh, that was exciting.
1: There's a lot of corner cases. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for for a game that's supposed to be simple, right? Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, and I think part of that simplicity is the fact that it doesn't try to think about every possible little corner case. Yeah, and that's fine. That's why there aren't maybe... like, you know, 700 source books. Right, maybe we're overthinking Some other
0: it. games I could mention. Maybe we're overthinking it. Could be. Yeah.
1: Don't think too hard.
0: I don't think game. too hard about it. Make an ability test if you have to. Have some dang fun with this game. It's a game. We're here to have fun. <laughs> oh, he's going to yell at you, though.
1: Have fun! <laughs> ah! Oops, sorry.
0: Incidentally, thank you for listening to our show.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, and We'll uh, talk to you guys next time. We'll have some cool stuff for you. Keep those submissions coming in. Uh, keep asking questions. And uh, if you've got any, even got any suggestions for things that you want us to talk about in the podcast, let us know. You can drop us a line through all of the uh, methods that I mentioned before. Um, mm-hmm. Send them, in a mail, uh, send them in our mail to oneisatheatuspodcast@gmail.com. You can send you can leave a comment on our on our blog oneisatheatuspodcast.wordpress.com. You can send us a message through Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus, SoundCloud, or you can send to caught the Protector or
1: you can say the name now
0: okay. Healer Puff <laughs> on the Green Running forums. That's me and
1: me. Maybe we should have like a. Uh, <laughs> a Parsifal's Question Corner at some point if you, <laughs> yeah. well, if you, you keep first... sending them in we might as well just give you your own yeah. section
0: Yeah, I mean if you if you want to like pull out Audacity yourself and make your own you make your own segment for like Parsifal's Question Corner yeah Go send I, I that, that to us that'd be fun that'd be pretty fun
1: we should probably actually talk to you about that before we I mean, talk yes. to the entire listening audience fair but...
0: enough but um thank you guys so much for listening it's been a good time uh, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die
1: and this is Jessica wishing you good heels and happy feels.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Wonders of Fatus podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. Gonna go get the Play
0: Doh out of my hand. Please do.